This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today our guest is Annie Trance. Annie is the Associate Director of James Care for Life. And James Care for Life, it's this amazing and totally free program for James' patients, for their families, and for their caregivers. Annie and her team offer an incredible variety of programs, classes, and workshops that address the physical, emotional, and practical needs of cancer patients during their ongoing and life-changing cancer journeys. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be here. And before you start to fill us in on James Care for Life, let's get a little bit about your background. I know you're a a social worker, and that's what you did before you took over as, as the head of James Care for Life. Yeah. So, um, yes, my background is in social work, and I've always really been drawn to that profession, um, really kind of because of the themes of social justice and tapping into patient strengths and looking at making healthy changes in their life. Um, and I've really, my career has focused in a variety of settings, um, mostly in hospital and outpatient um, clinical settings where I've been providing both case management, but also psychotherapy to patients and their families. Um, and what really has drawn me to oncology um, in particular is that what I've found with cancer patients um, and really anybody who's experiencing a potentially life-threatening illness or situation is it causes people to kind of pause and reflect on their life um, and really evaluate what's important to them. And I find that to be true um, really throughout the cancer continuum, that um, both at, you know, early on in treatment where you're evaluating what's important to me as I balance uh, treatment and the side effects or post-treatment when you're looking at um, adjusting to what life is like now and maybe having a newfound outlook on life and deciding how I want to spend my time. Um, And then, you know, also as you move along potentially for folks with uh, advanced cancer, um, potentially looking at end of life and really evaluating, again, what's important to me, how do I want to spend my time, who with, how do I want to be cared for, and I've really been drawn to this process. I have found that there is so much uh, beauty and strength uh, in walking alongside of people as they enter these, um, you know, really um, unexpected and maybe unwanted um, places in their lives. Yeah, it is a, a major life change. Yeah, it sure is. And, and speaking of life changes, mm-hmm. this marks uh, the. Today is about one year it is. for your life change as mm-hmm. when you took over with for James Care for Life. Yeah. What's what's that been like? What what are you mm-hmm. or, or or more so fill us in on exactly what is James Care for Life? A lot of people may not know, may not have taken advantage of your services yet. Yeah. So James Care for Life, our role within the James is that, you know, we really offer a wide variety and comprehensive supportive and educational programs for cancer patients, their families and their caregivers. And, you know, what we offer is looking at the patient holistically. So, you know, we know that there's so much more to living with cancer than just the medical aspects of it, that your life is affected in a variety of ways. Yeah, Yeah, and in every aspect that you can think of, your life is impacted by that. And so what, what our role is, is offering these opportunities for cancer patients to learn some information, um, some educational resources, uh, but also try out some different interventions that may be helpful 
to them in their how they're coping, how they're living uh, with cancer, and also um, things that promote wellness. And so, you know, we have all these different categories of programs um, that kind of tackle different different areas of life and what that looks like. And this starts, I think there's a bit of a misnomer that this starts after people are done their treatment, but you start to interact and, and get people involved in programs from day one, right? Yes, we do. Our, so I think people sometimes get confused by the term survivor, um, and not everybody really resonates with the word survivor. Um, so no matter if that resonates with you or not, what we at the James kind of look at a, who a survivor is, is from the time of diagnosis and really throughout the entire balance of their life. And so our programs are geared for folks along that continuum. Um, now, the patients and the majority of our information and classes that we provide are really to boost up coping and um, introduce interventions uh, that matter, I don't want to say the most, um, but are probably more effective uh, from the time of diagnosis to about five years um, post-diagnosis. And that really reflects also the population that are coming to our programs. Uh, the The highest percentage is from diagnosis to about two years post-treatment, um, and then the next highest about five years post-treatment. Hmm, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. and from talking to you before, I know that this whole field of survivorship and offer yeah. programs and, and in these wide variety of topics is, is somewhat new as the science has improved and people are doing better, living longer, their survival rates are climbing steadily. This is a, a, a somewhat new and rapidly growing field. It is. Um, just as treatments are um, advancing, so is the realm and awareness of supportive care. You know, we know more about what it's like to live with cancer, the psychosocial components that people are experiencing as a result of cancer and its treatments. People are living longer and experiencing different types of late and long-term side effects because of treatment. With your background in social work, Mm -hmm. I think that's important because in recent years, we've just learned that the whole psychological aspects, the mental aspects, not just for patients, but also for their caregivers and families, is just so important in the cancer journey. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I think there's always been some understanding that there's an emotional kind of side to what it means to living with cancer. But more and more research is highlighting the importance of um, psychosocial support and how that actually aids patients' overall well-being, coping. There's actual, you know, um, relations to treatment adherence and outcomes when there's better supportive interventions provided. So support and a positive outlook can, can help people as they, oh, they certainly. go through this. Oh. Certainly. But again, you know, that positive outlook, I you know, also right. want to put it's in not, context, yeah, yeah <laughs> is that, you know, it's not all rosy and kind of glossing over and charging through. It's that positive outlook, but also balancing the reality that there's a whole range of emotions that are normal to experience, good and bad, and that part of healthy coping is acknowledging the struggle, the pain, uh, the fear, the anxiety that comes with living with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Annie, and we're going to talk about some specific James Care Mm -hmm. for Life programs, and that may take a while because there's a lot of them. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. 
We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Annie Trance, the Associate Director of James Care for Life. And Annie, fill us in. Give us some specific programs that you offer. There's, there's a lot of them, but give mm-hmm. us a, a good sampling. Well, I think it's important to note that our programs um, are offered in a variety of settings. Uh, So we have the majority of our programs are in-person programs, but just as needs are changing and technology is changing, we are also really looking at increasing our our digital footprint. And so looking at programs that are offered online that can be streamed from anywhere, um, as well as really building up a robust video library of recorded programs um, that we've held in the past um, and that live online and can be watched at any time as well. So um, the categories of our programs kind of fall into uh, several different buckets. We've got educational programs, and some examples of the educational programs are um, Ask the Experts. And what those are are rotating kind of topics. We bring in different experts and clinicians here at the James to speak to specific uh, cancer types, um, side effects, maybe new treatments. Um, We have a clinical trials Ask the Expert that's coming up. Um, So these are things that are constantly rotating and, again, are also reflective of of changing uh, research and treatments and kind of what our uh, uh, experts are doing here at the James. And you have a lot of experts to choose we from. We certainly <laughs> do. We are we are lucky in that sense. Um, and then we also have career counseling workshops. And these are really looking at meeting the specific needs of cancer patients who are working or who potentially are having gaps in their treatment, or not in their treatment, but gaps in, in their, work, in work yeah, and because, thinking because about going back. Yeah. And, you know, when I talked a little bit about that um, cancer brings you know, people oftentimes triggers them to rethink their their priorities and what's important to them. A lot of times jobs is something that people start to rethink. You know, how really do I want to spend my time? And uh, we find that a lot of people that come to these classes are kind of in that um, that struggle and in that phase and trying to, to navigate what that looks like for mm. them and needing some career advice along the way. That's you know, Yeah, because yeah. people may want to change their lifestyle yep. or just decide that I want to do something different. My yep. life has changed. Yep. My job's going to change. Yeah. And you can help them do that. Right. Interesting. And, and really answering to those questions of how to explain gaps in, in their resume. Um, how much do I disclose at work? What are my legal rights? Kind of those types of topics. Um, and then we also have um, lunch and learns from oncology rehabilitation. So those are our physical therapy experts here at the James who provide uh, information uh, on kind of managing the side effects of treatments. Um, and those are really informative. And we also st- live stream those as well. So you don't have to come to those in person. Yeah, I've been to I've been to one of those. Neuropathy is a big issue for people yes. where they, they have numbness in mm-hmm. their hands and feet and people lose balance. Yeah, and so physical therapists can help them gain strength and mobility. That's, yeah, yeah, that's really important. They do a great program on neuropathy and fatigue, um, and kind of also balance and decrease strength as well. 
And that also introduces people to the option of physical therapy that they can then take one-on-one on a regular basis here, right? They do. And that also kind of bridges into our next category, which is exercise. So one of the um, categories of programs that we have are exercise programs. And the thing that differentiates our exercise programs from programs that you would you could access in the community is that they're led by our physical therapists um, and yoga instructors who help you make adaptations and modifications when they're needed. Um, And it's a safe setting. Uh, We have yoga classes both here around campus, but then also with a yoga studio out in the community. So if you're new to yoga, um, you can experience what that's like in a studio um, in kind of a setting with other cancer survivors and really having an instructor, um, you know, provide that support and intervention with modifications when those are needed. Um, and we have aquatics classes, uh, as well as um, balance classes and low impact cardio. And also something kind of new that people don't know about is um, it's a dance movement class called NIA, um, which is kind of a creative way of exercising. Um, and that kind of walks you through different movements um, in a – our classes are about eight to ten weeks I, of a series. I've not heard of that. How do you spell NIA? NIA. It's N-I-A. Oh, I'm, I'm going to look that up. Look Every, that up. Can, yeah, it's Google a fun search. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's okay. a fun one. And you mentioned something about how people can do it with other cancer survivors. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that's a big component is to meet and get to talk and create a little bit of a support network of people going through the same thing you're going through. It really is. I mean, all of our programs have um, are evidence-based and have, you know, an intervention at the core of what it is. But what I've witnessed and what we've found is that it's also about building a community, that um, by building that community and people really I- identify um, when cancer is, you know, impacted and you're all of a sudden um, diagnosed and living with cancer, is that it becomes something larger, you know, as, as you think about your identity. Not that it makes up your identity, but it's a component of it. And this community really fosters um, that support, that camaraderie, and seeing that there are other people going through this with me, that I'm not alone in that. Um, And certainly that also um, kind of leads into why we have other types of support programs, such as support groups. Um, We have 15 disease-specific support groups and a few specialty support groups, one for young survivors, um, one for caregivers, and one that is a new group that's starting in January um, for people who are living with uh, advanced uh, cancer, so those with metastatic, uh, chronic disease, or non-curable disease. Wow, that, that's going to be a pretty beneficial thing yeah. for, for these patients. And you mentioned caregivers, and I've always noticed that, that there's a, a big emphasis placed on supporting the caregivers who support the cancer patients. And why is that so important? Caregivers are kind of the the quiet, you know, person in the background. Yeah, the but, unsung heroes. Yeah, the unsung <laughs> heroes. Um, they are often the ones who are taking on the bulk of uh, emotional support, uh, taking on a lot of extra responsibilities, you know, maybe different roles within the family or the relationship that they're used to. Um, and, you know, a lot of times caregivers don't want to 
talk about what this experience is like for them because they don't want to burden or get in the way of, you know, the patient who's living with cancer. Yeah, they always say it's not about me. It's not about me, right, yeah. Yeah. But But at the same time, they're kind of the backbone for the person who's living with cancer. And so if they're not doing well, you know, more and more research is showing that um, there's a interplay between their relationship And so, you know, one's health, uh, between a caregiver and a cancer patient, the health and mental health of one impacts the other. So if the caregiver's not doing well, it's likely that the patient is also, you know, being impacted by that. So you make sure the the caregivers take care of themselves so they can better take care of their loved one. Yeah, it's very important. You know, cancer is not, uh, it affects the whole family. It is a family disease, not just one person. So our programs are designed really for not just the patient, but for the caregiver and for the family. And all of our programs, unless noted, um, are open to patients and their caregivers because they're going through this experience together and we want to support that. Um, And so a lot of that, too, comes out in our family, teens, and children programming, um, where we have a lot of programs that really look at how are we supporting parents and giving them the tools that they need um, to, you know, talk to their kids about cancer, to create – safe spaces where families can be together and learn about cancer, learn about healthy lifestyle, and really create opportunities for family bonding and resiliency uh, when facing uh, huge challenges like what it means to be living with cancer. Okay. One of my favorite programs that I've seen you guys mm-hmm. is this gar- the Garden of Hope. Oh, yes. I love that. Tell, tell people what that is. So the Garden of Hope is part of our nutritional programs that we offer. And the goal of our nutritional programs, of all of them, are really to uh, introduce uh, cancer patients and their caregivers and families to the benefits of a plant-based diet and how, you know, a plant-based diet really is important in reducing overall cancer risk and recurrence. And so we do that in a variety of ways. Our dietitians are great with hands-on cooking classes, um, with different lunch and learn opportunities um, at and, and kind of catering the information that they're provided to different aspects and um, areas along the cancer continuum. So what, what's important for one person in treatment may be different post-treatment. So they kind of offer different programs. Um, Which includes actual cooking demonstrations. Actual yeah. cooking demonstrations. Yeah, we actually partner um, with a kitchen in the community, um, and it's a great setting where it's a hands-on cooking class, um, and our dietitians are there kind of, it's interactive, it's fun, and then uh, participants eat a meal together at the end, and that's kind of the highlight, too, is being able to connect and, again, coming back to that building the a community. Aspect, yeah. yeah. So our Garden of Hope is a program that's located at Waterman Farm. Um, It's just a mile or two from the James. It is. It's right on Kenny Road. It's kind of this beautiful secret you've probably driven by a ton of times. You don't even know that there's all these gardens and wonderful agricultural kind of things happening out there. Um, But our Garden of Hope is about a 1.5 acre garden. And what that program is, is we grow about 40 plus um, different varieties of fruits and vegetables and herbs. 
and flowers. Um, and all summer long from May uh, through the beginning of October, participants of that program can come out and harvest uh, fresh fruits and vegetables up to three times a week. Um, you do have to go to an orientation where you kind of learn about how to harvest. You learn about the benefits of plant-based diets, um, safe food preparation, um, and just some safety things to keep in mind as you're harvesting out in the garden. Um, and then, so they're able to harvest all summer. Our dietitians are out there at every harvest session. Uh, we have volunteers who come out and give back that also work out in the garden um, to kind of answer to um, the dietary uh, components of what they're picking that week, um, giving some helpful tips and recipe options of how to use um, different vegetables that may be new to them. I've heard a lot of patients you know, say, I never knew what kohlrabi was until yeah. this garden, um, and really finding um, you know, a creative way to, to add something into their diet. What is kohlrabi? Well, good question. It's a gourd of some sort, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, probably not the best person it's sort to of like answer. A turnip. I don't know. Yes, okay. but I do know that our dietitians can answer they, those questions really okay. well. Um, and we also have recipes that are online that have all of the vegetables in our garden that you could access if you really are struggling with knowing what to do um, with something that you find out there. Yeah, it's like the greatest produce department of a supermarket ever. Right yeah, out there it's, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a fun program. Yeah. Um, w- what, new, what new things are you going to offer and uh, that you're working on? Yeah. So one of the um, new areas that we're starting to provide programs for is really looking at the specific needs of young adult cancer survivors. And so um, you know, what we know, what research tells us, and what we're also knowing is that um, young survivors, and that's considered really for adults between the ages of 18 and 39, is that they have unique needs because of the specific life stage that they're in. Um, So different kind of family planning, uh, fertility preservation questions um, and concerns, Um, you know, what it's like to be disrupted from college or early in your career. Um, you know, early dating relationships or or marital um, juggling families. So this is a group that we're starting to target some specific programs and building a, a community amidst folks who are between those ages. So with James Care for Life, our programs for this population are looking at uh, what we call meetups. So creating opportunities that are more social in nature. Um, and the idea is to create a community, a sense of support and connection for folks who are in this age group um, who may feel very isolated uh, with their peers um, out in the community where they can come together and really connect um, and gain some support from one another. So these programs, are um, changing in what they look like. We had a um, Clippers night in July, which was great. We had 50 um, young survivors come out. 
Uh, we did some, you know, kind of fun games around um, healthy lifestyle practices, um, but also really the goal was to just be together and um, having folks connect. Uh, we also just this week had a uh, cooking class, uh, a mocktails and taco cookie night um, with this group of young survivors. And so that was a hands-on class. And then they were able to make their food and their mocktails and then enjoy a meal together. Um, And then in the spring, we're also looking at um, doing some uh, activity, more exercise types of programs. So looking at partnering uh, with the Outdoor Adventure Center at OSU with the rock climbing wall uh, and potentially also some hiking programs in the late spring as well. Okay. So for not just young adult survivors, but anyone out there who's, who's been through this cancer journey who wants to learn more, how do they find you? How do they find your website? Sure. How do they sign up and come to your programs? So all of our programs um, typically require registration, uh, and that's because it helps us know how to plan right. accordingly. You need to know how many people. Yeah, we know there. how to meet your needs. So uh, you how many sign up. Robbie's to bring? Right. <laughs> So um, you register online. Our website is on the James website, and it's under James Care for Life. Um, On our main page, it has uh, a breakdown of all the categories of programs that we offer. So exercise, education, expressive arts, mind, body, spirit, uh, family programs, support groups, and young survivor programs. So when you click on those categories, all of the programs for the upcoming months are listed right there. And you just click on those programs for the information and to register. Um, And I checked today, and it's such a long list, you can't do it on one page. You have to click, like, for one month, you have to click five times because there's, like, 10 programs a week. (laughs) It is. It's actually probably the most helpful if you go to the specific category page. Okay, okay. that's good. Yeah, so if if you're looking at, you know, hmm, what's happening in mind, body, spirit, or, you know, you want to go to acupuncture, um, when you click on that category, all of the classes just for mind, body, spirit are listed right there. And they're all free, but you have to register. You do, yes. We also do, um, uh, our brochures live in every clinic um, here at the James, both inpatient and outpatient. Um, And we do uh, direct mailings as well. So our brochure is mailed several times a year uh, to all of our cancer patients. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And one thing you mentioned, which I don't really know much about, you said there's a library of videos from past Uh programs. Is that right on that James Care for Life website? Yes. If you are on on the main James Care for Life page, uh, you can look at programs. It says programs are offered in person, online, and on video. And when you click on the video portion, we have a James YouTube page of all of the James Care for Life specific programs. And so those range from nutrition programs to caregiver programs, um, you know, surfing the web, knowing your legal rights. All of that information is already on there if those classes are not classes that you are able to attend in person. One thing I should also note is that, you know, there may be people who have difficulty or are not able to access the website for whatever reason. We always take um, phone calls. So you can always call our department um, and ask questions about specific programs um, and register directly through calling as well. Okay. 
Well, thank you very much for filling mm-hmm. us in and all the great work that you do. And congratulations on your one-year anniversary. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.